And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan. You'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. I'm recording this episode on Sunday night. Game week six has just finished. The Champions League returns this week and most importantly, my wildcard has been activated. So this should be an interesting listen. On today's episode, I'll do a quick game week review. Welcome three new members to the 59th Minute Club. Update the watch list. Answer questions from Twitter. Take a look at the Gaming 7 captaincy and talk you through my early wildcard thoughts. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. A very brief review of the game week because it wasn't a good one as it was for many. I brought in Pascal Gross for the injured Rodrigo, so that one worked out okay. Pascal Gross got the assist. I was considering the likes of Trossard and Marcus Rashford, so of course, as always, it could have went better, but I'm not going to complain with Pascal Gross because he was one of only two players in my squad who didn't blank this week. 36 points, big fat red arrow, another very frustrating game week. Captain Haaland for 18 Gross with five and every other player in the squad blanked. So I'm looking forward to kicking lots of them out this week. In terms of shoutouts, a warm welcome to the 59th Minute Club 2. Nixon's Cabano from Fulham and Connor Gallagher and Christian Pulisic from Chelsea. So three new members this week. And I have to mention the Liverpool game. Shimakas and Trent Alexander-Arnold, 58 minutes. So they just about missed out on the 59th minute club. But what a game week it was for people like myself who have double Liverpool defence. They finally keep a clean sheet and Trent and Robertson return one point each. I put a picture up of my one-pointers from Trent and Robertson. I think I got about 6,000 likes on Twitter. So people love misery when it comes to FPL, but I'm sure... A lot of those people were in a similar boat as well. So looking to get away from double Liverpool defence on the wildcard this week as well. For the watch list section this week, I'm going to talk you through the players that I'm considering for this wildcard for game week 7. So there's 40 players on it. Going to include goalkeepers this week, which I don't usually do. But before I start going through it, three players removed from the watch list this week. Kukurea, because... I prefer Reese James and Fafana now when it comes to Chelsea defenders. Chilwell came off the bench, got himself a goal and an assist. So that's not great news for Kukurea when Fafana is also there now to take up one of the three centre-back positions. So I think Reese James and Fafana are in my thoughts for the wild card, whereas Kukurea isn't. Harrison is also gone from Leeds because he was substituted at half-time. And Kulisevsky also because just don't think he's worth his price tag at the moment. 
And we now know that he's also a rotation risk player. So on to the watch list. Goalkeepers, first of all, I was on Danny Ward and Everson for the first couple of game weeks. I've been on Ederson for the last two or three. It's been okay, but I'm still not convinced it's worth paying the premium for Ederson. So when it comes to Friday night, it's going to be a decision between Ederson. Do I keep him? Do I go for Nick Pope? who's been performing very well. Question about Nick Pope later, so I'll come back to it and I'll go into more detail on him and Newcastle. And then Sanchez is the other one. Disappointing last two game weeks for Sanchez owners, but I still think at 4.7, he could be good value long term. So that's the three goalkeepers under consideration, Ederson, Pope and Sanchez at the moment, leaning towards Nick Pope, which I'll cover more later. Defenders... One of the big decisions I need to make is, do I keep Trent Alexander-Arnold? Andy Robertson is definitely going. I don't want double Liverpool defence anymore. I still have a lot of faith in Trent. Liverpool haven't started the season well. Their fixtures are quite tricky for the next five or six game weeks also. But I think Trent probably will survive. I've removed him on the first draft. And I've removed Salah as well because both players might drop in price this week. And then I could just buy them back for 0.1 cheaper on Friday or Saturday morning. So Trent is gone for now, but could well come back in before the weekend. At Manchester City, the options I'm considering are Cancelo again, like Trent. Do I keep Cancelo? Do I sell him? Hasn't been as good in terms of the eye test and in terms of the stats this season compared to last season. So I think there is a strong argument for letting Cancelo go at 7 million and spending a little bit less if you want in on the Manchester City defence. So that comes into my goalkeeper pick as well. If I don't go Cancelo, maybe I'll be more likely to stick with Ederson. But if I go with neither, I'm also looking at Ruben Diaz and Kyle Walker as well. Talk that Kyle Walker did pick up an injury, so I need to keep a close eye on that this week as well. But, you know, Kyle Walker for 5.1, Cancelo for 7. To me, on the information we have this season... Walker feels like you know money better spent and then using that 1.9 million elsewhere in the squad. So that's another decision I need to make. Keep Cancelo or let him go. At Chelsea, like I said, I like Reese James. I sold him when he missed that game two game weeks ago and I was close to getting him back in this week. If I didn't have the Rodrigo problem to deal with, I probably went straight back to James. So I think Reese James will be one of the first names on my wildcard squad. I know Chelsea are not keeping clean sheets, but I do rate James quite highly, and I like him as a long-term hold. Fafana might come in alongside him, and it's not necessarily to have two Chelsea defenders in my starting eleven. I just like Fafana's price, and he may well be a first sub most weeks if I do bring him in. Trippier and Botman from the Newcastle defence. Trippier obviously started the season really well in FPL terms. Newcastle have three clean sheets. They've got good fixtures coming up as well, so Trippier has a very good chance. I'd say Trippier is definitely going to be in my wild card. It's just a question of, do I double up with Pope? And then Botman is an option as well. I think he's down to 4.4, and he passed the eye test in terms of you know, attack and threat from set pieces at the weekend as well. So Botman is under consideration also. Perisic, probably going to lose him, but I'm still going to include him in this watch list. I'm not going to completely rule him out, but they've got Man City next, so Perisic probably will lose him and maybe look to come back to him in the future. On to the cheaper defenders then on the watch list for the wildcard. Dallow, Manchester United, four wins on the bounce. Dallow's performing well in the bonus point system, got a bit of attacking potential as well. Probably won't make the cuts, but if you are looking for a Manchester United defender, 
Dallow looks the best pick. Still like Brighton defensively, even though there's no clean sheets in the last two. So Lewis Dunk and Webster are in my thoughts as well. I prefer those because they're more nailed than Estupinen. Nico Williams, Patterson and Emerson. So three, four million defenders. I think Nico's gone up to 4.1 now, but I'll probably have one spot in my defence, which will be a bench spot for a four million price defender. So need to decide on Nico Patterson or Emerson. At the moment, I've got Patterson. Uh, Nico Williams, probably the most attacking of them all. Just not too many clean sheets there. And Emerson, Emerson probably plays for the best defence if he can lock down a place in that West Ham team under David Moyes. Cresswell's injured at the moment, but long term, a lot of West Ham fans seem to think Emerson could be you know, a regular starter. So going to look into that a bit more this week as well. Maybe Emerson will get the nod over Nico Williams or Patterson. But again, not a hugely important position in the squad because it is a bench pick. So again, those defenders, Trent, Cancelo, Diaz-Walker, James Fofana, Trippier, Botman, Perisic, Dallow, Dunk, Nico, Patterson and Emerson. Midfielders to consider this week for the wild card. Big decision. Mohamed Salah, does he stay, does he go? Come back to it in the question section. Luis Diaz, haven't owned him all season. I've been fearful of him every week. As a Robertson owner, it hasn't been fun having Robertson and not having Diaz. So Diaz's time in FPL teams might be getting short now with the likes of Jota and Darwin back. We might see a better rotation. But I think there's a good chance I might go for Diaz because he's one of the players I feel like I've been missing out on. And I, and I really want to own him. I just think he looks good every week. Comes close to points, usually in the games where he doesn't get them. Hitting the woodwork a lot and stuff like that. So I just think he's a cracking player. And obviously a, a very affordable route into the Liverpool attack. So Diaz, good chance he'll make the cuts. At Manchester City, you've got Kevin De Bruyne, as is Sterling from Chelsea. Again, if Haaland's going nowhere, if I keep Salah, which I think is probably likely, not going to have space for Sterling or De Bruyne. Wilfred Zaha was on the watch list, having a great season. At Arsenal, I'm going to keep Martinelli and I'm going to keep Jesus. But Saka is added to the watches. I thought Saka was excellent against Manchester United, despite Arsenal losing that game. So Saka firmly back on the radar. And I still think you could go for the Martinelli-Jesus-Saka attack and triple up. I'm going to move away from the Arsenal defence. Uh, Saliba's going to come out. No clean sheets in the last three. Not a huge amount of attacking threat there either. So that opens the door for going Saka as well. But if I go Luis Diaz, not going to be any space for Saka. But I will be giving him some thought this week. Rashford's fantastic performance against Arsenal. Firmly on the radar. I think a lot of managers will go there this week. But we need to be careful because it looked like he did his hamstring towards the end of the game. So hopefully we get some clarity on that this week. You know, certainly in Friday's press conference from Ten Hag, hopefully find out if Rashford's okay or not. If he's okay, I think he'll definitely be in my wildcard squad. If there's any doubts, I'll just go elsewhere. But good to have him back as an FPL option. Ward Prowse as well, although when I didn't pick him in game week one, I'm probably unlikely to go there now. I think with Ward Prowse, in my mind now, we've kind of got a cheaper Ward Prowse at Brighton. We've got McAllister taking the penalties, taking the free kicks and stuff like that. So I'd probably just spend a million less and get a player from a better team and go McAllister over Ward Prowse. So I'll give him some thought, but probably not going to make it. Talking about the Brighton guys, you've got Trossard, you've got Gross and you've got McAllister. I've got Gross, just got him this week. Going to keep him in for now because he might rise another 0.1 and I might make a bit of profit there. But come Friday, I'll probably go for one Brighton midfielder. 
and it could be any of the three. Uh, most likely Trossard, I think. I think I like him most if I can make it work financially. Let's say Rashford's ruled out. I think I can see myself going Trossard for the next two fixtures, which are good. I think it's Bournemouth next for Brighton. Absolutely fine to keep Pascal Gross as well. I might end up keeping him if I can't afford Trossard. Just McAllister, yes, he's getting lots of points, but it's very much dependent on those set pieces. Not doing much from open play, so that's why I prefer Trossard on that one. At Leeds, Sinister and Aronson will be in my thoughts. Probably won't make the cut though, just not doing enough at the moment. Sinistera has got back-to-back goals, scoring the cup as well, but still coming off early, still building fitness it looks like. So I just don't think I'll end up having a space in my midfield for a Leeds attacker. Cheaper options, Anthony Gordon having a very good season for Everton. He'll be in my thoughts. As will Leon Bailey down to 47 I sat down to watch the Man City game. I had Ederson. I had Cancelo. Before the game started, I said to myself, I know what's going to happen here. I know how this game week's going. Leon Bailey is going to wipe out my clean sheet. And what happened? Towards the end of the game, steps up, scores a great goal. So a lot of us had him game week one. I don't think I'll go back to him yet, but when he's dropped to such a cheap price, when he's getting more regular 90 minutes now, certainly want to keep an eye on. I still think he could be subject to rotation at times. So... Again, tricky price point because Andres Pereira is going to stay in my squad. So do I want a 4.5 and a 4.7? Probably not. But again, you know, I've seen a few people this week building wildcard squads with Andres Pereira and a 4.4. If you've got a bit of cash, it might be worth getting Andres and Bailey because it is an only you know an extra 0.2 or 0.3. So don't forget Bailey and don't be afraid to go back there if he disappointed you in the first couple of game weeks. I do still find it hard to trust Astonville assets at the moment though. So that's it for midfielders. Salah Diaz, De Bruyne, Sterling, Zaha, Saka Martinelli, Rashford, Ward-Prowse, the three Brighton guys, Sinistera, Aronson, Gordon, Bailey and Andreas. Forwards, not a huge amount to talk about here because I'm going to keep Holland. I'm going to keep Jesus. I'm going to say 90% sure of that. I will probably tinker with a couple of drafts without him but I think he will stay. I'm not going to sell Arsenal assets just because of the result against Manchester United because I still think they looked pretty good in that game and they've got decent fixtures to come as well. So the watch list for the forwards is Holland, Kane, Darwin, Jesus, Ivan Tony, Mitrovic and Isaac. So I think it comes down to Tony versus Mitrovic for the third striker spot and I can understand why people who do wildcard this week will consider losing Jesus because Tony and Mitrovic both look really good. But I'm going to stick with, again, I always try and just stick to the to the better teams for my pick. So Arsenal, better team than Brentford and Fulham. So Jesus still, got to remember, underpriced, playing for a great attack, playing 90 minutes almost every week. So really, really good option. So Holland, Jesus, and then it's a question of Tony or Mitrovic for me. And Mitrovic, he just scores every week. I know Tony just banged in a hat-trick. But I still have more faith in Mitrovic's long term as an option. I will consider both this week. And it, it, it's not a straight cut and dry decision now. It would have been last week before Tony got that hat trick. You know, he's taking free kicks, doesn't miss penalties, playing with a lot of confidence, you know, playing with a World Cup in mind coming in the winter time. So he is a very good option. But I think I will lean towards, which I think is the ideal strike force of Holland, Jesus, and Mitrovic. Isaac's looking good for Newcastle. But I do prefer Tony and Mitrovic. And again, price points like Sterling, like De Bruyne, quite hard to fit in the likes of Kane and Darwin 
if I stick with Salah. So again, yeah, sticking with Salah or losing him is the big decision I need to make this week. And that decision will dictate a lot of other decisions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Moving on now to the question section. First one is from Cupcake. Do we keep our faith in Salah or spread the funds across our starting 11? So again, even for those who are not wildcarding this week, it's crossing their mind to sell Salah because I think one of the big factors this season is we've got Holland at Manchester City who we can basically captain every week. I think a lot of us are quite comfortable to captain Holland even if we think there's a chance he only gets 20 or 25 minutes. And at the moment, there's no real signs of mass rotation coming for Holland. He doesn't have to do much running up front, really. You know, he can conserve his energy, and he does him short bursts when he needs to. And as Pep said, he's 22, he's not 32, and he recovers quickly. And he's been praising the medical department as well. So I don't think there's too much concern about Holland at the moment in FPL. So when you've got a player that you can captain every week, that begs the question, do we need a 13 million Salah when we could have a Diaz at 8 million, for example, and spare our cash elsewhere? So I do not think Salah is essential from what we've seen on the first six game weeks and also because of the fixtures and Holland obviously being a big part. Liverpool's fixtures are quite tricky. The next five are Wolves, who are much better defensively now, then Chelsea, then Brighton, Arsenal, and Manchester City. So, you know, four really top teams there, along with Will. We've got a class Brighton now as one of the best teams in the league on current form. Also, in the back of my mind, could we see some rotation for Salah now? He's played most of the minutes. Jota's coming back to fitness. Darwin's fit again. Firmino's playing well. There's plenty of options there for Klopp, and we know he's not afraid to rest players. We've seen it with Robertson at the weekend there as well, much to my frustration. So, I am going to spend the whole week thinking about this Salah scenario because we know it's scary to go without him. He is still a good captaincy candidate in my mind. And at the moment, at the time of recording, I'm probably 70% leaning towards keeping him. But there is that 30% in the back of my mind. I'm going to build drafts with Salah. I'm going to build drafts without him. And I think it's viable to go both ways. The key is if you go without him, where you spend your cash, you really need those players to deliver because we know Salah probably will still return a decent amount of points. So yeah, one for us to consider for sure. Question from Scotts. Are we approaching the point where the players we deemed essential no longer are? Trent, Cancelo and Salah have all dropped off significantly this season and it feels like now is a time to adjust who we see as essential. Yeah, I think this is a good point. I think we should always be flexible as FPL managers. We should always you know, focus on the current season and not get too drawn up on historical stuff. 
if a team is not performing well, if a player's stats have dropped off, stuff like that. You've got to take it into account and you've got to be you've got to be flexible. I think Trent Cancelo and Salah are good examples of this. With Holland coming into Manchester City, to me it looks like Cancelo's playing a slightly different role. It's almost more of a DM role than a than a you know bombing up the wing. He still looks good in most games I I watch. He's trying to play those you know nice threaded through balls for Holland and stuff like that. So there could be assists, but how many goals are we getting from from Cancelo on current evidence? Probably not too many. So again, City you know it's not they're not shutting teams out completely either. I think the defensive injuries have upset that for them as well so again Cancelo's not essential Salah's not essential and it's it's good for FPL because there's a lot of different routes we can go now and I think we are going to see that with people like myself wildcarding this week a lot of people are going to wildcard during the international break as well it's going to shake things up which is good because we all get sick of seeing you know most teams that look the same on social media every time they're shared after the deadline so yeah I think we do need to reevaluate. and something in the back of my mind as well with the wildcard this week is Yes, I am kind of changing who I think is essential. A lot of it comes down to Europe. I'm going to probably end up focusing a bit more on teams who don't have Europe on the wild card than I would have in game week one because we know game week one to game week four or five, no European action. But now when it comes in, you know, players like Zaha, these kind of picks where they're going to play one game a week as opposed to the, the big teams playing three games a week, I think it's something we do need to keep in mind. And we're probably going to see some managers move that direction, move away from the rotation risk like Perisic, and go for more secure starters from, from teams like Newcastle, you know, your Trippiers, for example, because you don't have to worry about them. You don't have to sweat over team sheets. So keep all of that in mind, whether you're wildcarding this week or whether you're wildcarding in the near future. Question from Mark Cram. What are my thoughts on the Arsenal defence now that they've conceded in the last three? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to move away from there. I don't think Ramsdale has looked too convincing this season. I think he's looked a bit shaky at times, flapping at things. I think the big factor is Thomas Partey's injured, and I think he was there in the first couple of game weeks. I just think he protects the back four really well, and when he's not there, they're always a bit more susceptible to conceding goals. So obviously conceding three to Manchester United, doesn't fill you with confidence for clean sheets. So I'm quite happy to lose Saliba. Again, like I said, not a huge goal threat there anyway. Question from Josh. Who are the best Manchester United assets? Yeah, I think we can we can trust them a bit more now. They lost the first two games of the season. When they lost 4-0 to Brentford, people rightly sold the likes of Rashford. And obviously, it's been frustrating because he's done well since then. But after four wins now, we're starting to see, you know, much more consistency from this team. Ten Hag is naming unchanged teams most weeks or, or making very few changes. So it's good. It's it's good as a United fan and it's good for FPL as well. So the best assets for us, like I said, if you want a defender, I'm not quite ready to go there yet. Diego Dallo is the one to go for. And Rashford, but it depends on fitness. It, it didn't look good towards the end of the game, so I'm expecting it to be a couple of game weeks out. But let's see what happens with that news this week. If it's a miracle and he's fine, then he is the best pick because he's really cheap. He's playing on the last line of defence very often. You know, Bruno and them are playing those three balls to him. And he just looks to have a swagger back. Maybe not back to his best just yet, but certainly doing a lot better than he did in the last season or two. So good to see Rashford back and playing well. The other options, let's say Rashford is out. Who do we go for? I I think Bruno's an okay pick, but it's tricky to get there. And if Ronaldo's going to be on the pitch for 30 minutes... You know, that's probably penalties for Ronaldo for one third of the game. And I'm sure Ronaldo's minutes will probably increase over the next couple of game weeks as well. 
Sancho is probably the place to go if Rashford's injured, but he has been taken off early in, in most games. But again, if Rashford's going to be out, Sancho probably gets more game time. Eriksen playing quite deep, but still pops up with, with a couple of chances, and, and he's creating chances as he always does. So he's okay as well as a cheap option. I just think there's more exciting options out there. And then Anthony is probably the most exciting option. Great debut, great goal. Uh, seen someone tweeting, it's good to see a left-footed right winger for Manchester United. Finally, I was crying out for someone like Kulisevsky to come in. And hopefully, Anthony is that player now. So gives us a bit more balance in attack. So yeah, Dallow and Rashford look the best value. And then if, if Rashford's out, you're probably looking at a punt on an Anthony or a Sancho. Uh, I probably wouldn't go Bruno or Eriksen. I think I do prefer Sancho or Anthony. But Anthony off before 60 minutes. Almost joined the 59th Minute Club on his debut. So maybe some fitness issues there for now. Question from Victor Van Gogh. With how impressive Brighton have been so far this season, do you rate Trossard or McAllister higher? Victor needs a Rodrigo replacement and already has Pascal Gross. So yeah, Bournemouth next for Brighton. So still a great time to go and invest if you haven't already. And like Victor here, I think the double up's fine because next two fixtures are good for Brighton. A lot of people have a Brighton asset. So if you really want to gain from them winning games, maybe the double up in attack is the way to go. So Gross is great. I would just keep him. And like I said earlier, I slightly prefer Trossard because he's going to be in the box. He's going to get the shots in the box. And I don't like relying too much on a set-piece player like McAllister. I would expect McAllister's points to drop off a bit now. And I think Trossard has the potential to be more consistent. All depends, I guess, on how many penalties Brighton continue to win. But yeah, Gross and Trossard would be the double-up I would go for there. Question from FPL Valley. How strong a bench do we need and is it time to go with three forwards? So two questions in one there. Is it time to go with three forwards? Yes, I think it could be the season of the forward. Like I said, Holland and Jesus are great picks. And there's plenty of other options out there for the third one as well. So I will be certainly going with three strikers on my wildcard this week. The first part of the question, how strong a bench do we need? So this is another factor in me wildcarding this week. With the Champions League kicking in now, we're going to have to get used to rotation. So I had Harrison Reed and Plange on my bench, which I didn't really like. So I basically only had Andreas Pereira as a decent bench option. When I wildcard now this week, I'm going to have two, if not three, quite strong options. I mentioned Fafana's probably going to come in as a bench option. I've got Andreas Pereira going to stay. And then there'll probably be a decent option, you know, a third decent option as well. I don't think we'll very often need our third sub. We still might not very often need our second sub, but I want to be prepared just in case we do. So yeah, bench needs to be, it doesn't need to be super strong, but it needs to be decent. I still think People like Andreas Pereira, Nico Williams, that's absolutely fine if you've got, if you've got two of them on your bench. But I, I want to go a little bit stronger, and I think there's plenty of value out there now with players like Fofana. Question from Turtle FPL. Who are the best three strikers? Turtle says, I was delighted with my trio of Holland, Mitrovic and Jesus. And then Tony went nuts with a hat-trick. So yeah, like I said earlier, I'm still leaning towards Holland Jesus and Mitrovic. The plan for me was always to get Mitrovic game week 8, but I'm just going to get him early now and his price is going to keep rising. I don't care that he plays Chelsea next because the way Mitrovic is playing, I expect him to score every week. So I don't mind that. So Mitrovic is, is most likely coming in for me to partner the other two. Question from Antec99. 
Should we keep two City defenders or sell one of them? I think one is enough at the moment. When you look at the next six fixtures for City, it's Tottenham, Wolves, Manchester United, Southampton, Liverpool and Arsenal. And I think with people wildcarding now or wildcarding in a couple of weeks' time, I think most people will go for three strikers. So I don't think we're going to see too many people sticking with five at the back. I think most wildcard teams will have three at the back or four at the back. And if you're only having three or four, I think you only need one Manchester City defender. Now, you could go Ederson as well for a double up. I'm still not against a double up. and I'm not going to rule out sticking with the double up on my wildcard. But looking at those fixtures, looking at the current evidence on the season so far, I think one City defender is enough. Question from Justin Basma. Wolves have conceded the fewest goals this season. Four goals conceded in six games. Are any of their defensive assets interesting or does the tough fixtures scare us away? Yeah, Wolves much improved, but the issue is Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea in the next four. So we just can't go there. One to come back to in four or five game weeks time because the Wolves guys are looking pretty good. But again, not a huge amount of attacking threat from those Wolves guys. Maybe eight Nuri, but he doesn't start every game. So, yeah, probably not going to make it because there's just better options elsewhere. But good to see them improved defensively this season. Final question is from Jeff Lindqvist. Is Pope the best goalkeeper option now? My short answer is yes. I just think Newcastle are much improved under Eddie Howe. They don't concede too many goals. I've seen a great tweet from Andrew Gower today or yesterday. Since Eddie Howe took over, Newcastle concede very few goals against the non-top six teams. Most games it's either zero or one. So there's always potential for a clean sheet for Nick Pope in those fixtures. Looking at this season so far, Nick Pope has the most saves of all goalkeepers. He's also got the most bonus points because he got three bonus in two games so far. Three clean sheets in six games. And most importantly, the fixtures are good for Newcastle between now and the World Cup. So I'm pretty set on going Nick Pope, I think, as my goalkeeper. I will give Ederson and Sanchez some thought, but I do like Nick Pope. I just think with Nick Pope as well, he's always been a good FPL goalkeeper. He, he's a very, very good goalkeeper. He's got the World Cup on his mind as well. And he's just perfectly designed, like Ramsdale was last season, to, to rack up saves and to get those bonus points as well. I think he made nine saves, Nick Pope, in game week six, but I don't think any of those were big chances conceded. So that's what you're looking for from a goalkeeper. He scored more than two points in five of the six games. So I think that's important for a goalkeeper. If they're not keeping a clean sheet, if they can get you three points or four points, as opposed to a one-pointer or a two-pointer, that's that's very important. So Nick Pope at 5.1, I've brought him in, and there's a good chance he's going to stay there. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Game week seven captaincy now, very early thoughts. I'll come back to this on Friday's episode after the Champions League games. Champions League minutes, I think, is going to be very important from now on in determining who is the best captain candidate. I could put a poll out on Sunday night for captaincy. Then we have the Champions League games and another poll on Friday. I think both polls could look very different. So top three candidates based on fixtures this week are Holland at home to Spurs, Salah is at home to Wolves and Jesus is at home to Everton. So my hopes are that Holland gets a rest in the Champions League or at least significantly reduced minutes. Let's say he gets 60 or 70 minutes. I think I'll stick with him as auto-captain for the Tottenham game, even though it's not an easy fixture. I just think he's he's that good. I just want to captain him as often as possible this season. If I keep Salah on the wild card, he will be in my thoughts against Wolves. But again, Wolves are better defensively as well. And Liverpool not firing on all cylinders yet. Jesus, home to Everton, probably has the best fixture of the three. But I find it hard to captain Jesus when I could captain Holland. So very early thoughts here. We'll come back to that on Friday. Wild card thoughts. I've made a few notes here just to give you some of my thought process for hitting the button. My notes say it hasn't been a great start to the season. And I don't want to be too passive. The plan was to play it during international break between game weeks 8 and game week 9. But that was only really because I always like having two weeks to play around with the wild card. I think part of it as well was when you're on social media, when you listen to lots of FPL podcasts, you kind of get swept up in what the plan of the majority is. And you're hearing it all season. Wild card between 8 and 9. Wild card between 8 and 9. Let's wildcard during international break. But you've got to remember, you've got to do it when it's right for your team. And I've had another frustrating game week. Things like double Liverpool defence has been a nightmare. I've only got one free transfer going into the weekend now. Don't want to play Perisic against Manchester City. Quite happy to jump off double City defence before they play Tottenham because I think Tottenham could score. So there's plenty of things I want to change. And it feels like a good time. I spent about an hour on Saturday night around midnight trying to figure out whether to wildcard or not and I couldn't come to a decision and I don't like making decisions late at night so I, I slept on it and then watched the games on Sunday and then right after Manchester United game I pressed the button so I missed a couple of price rises on Pope and Trippier by waiting until Sunday but that doesn't bother me too much because I'll still be able to to build a pretty good wildcard squad so I it wasn't a rash decision I spent most of the weekend thinking about the wild card. I was close to wild carding last week and the week before anyway. So it feels like a good time to 
do so. So by going early, I'm hoping I can make up. By going those two weeks earlier, I'm hoping I can make up some ground, that more ground than I would have if I waited for another two game weeks. The price changes have been crazy fast this season as well, so that has played a part in the decision. Just continuing with these notes that I made about the wildcard activation, Ederson, Robertson, Perisic, Saliba, Reed, and Plange are all very likely to go. I'm going to improve my bench. Holland, Jesus, Martinelli, and Andreas are probably the only four players who are safe in the squads. Big calls need to be made on Salah, Trent, and Cancelo. And players very likely to come in, Pope, Trippier, Rhys James, Luis Diaz, Rashford if he's fit, and Mitrovic and Fafana possibly too, just for a very budget route into that Chelsea defence. Like I said, haven't done too much tinkering yet, and I won't be doing so until after the Champions League games. Enjoy the action midweek, folks, and I'll talk to you again on Friday after the press conferences for another episode where I'll update you on the wildcard tinkering. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me, visit patreon.com forward slash FPL general, where you'll get extra podcasts, a Thursday night live stream and a team reveal before each deadline. Thank you for listening. The Athletic.